sagen. another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. Thanks for joining me. Our podcast is about listening to individuals who have broken into the cybersecurity field within the past five years, hearing how they decided that they wanted to join the field and how did they break in finally. Today's guest, Etsy, will be sharing her story. But before we get there, if you're joining us live on LinkedIn, follow myself and Etsy, as well as the show, If you're joining us on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and then that notification button down below. And if you're following us on podcast, please share us with all your friends and family. So Etsy, uh, tell us about yourself and um, what did you used to do before cybersecurity? Good question. So firstly, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I grew up in a Hasidic family in Boulder, Colorado. My parents were um, rabbis. And we had a Jewish center that we had a lot of different people coming through our house. Um, Before cybersecurity, I worked in a car company. I was doing their tech for them. It was like a car startup, I guess. They were Mm -hmm. renting cars to TLC drivers. Um, It was my first job. I... uh, was doing a lot of really interesting tech things that I don't think most 19 year olds were doing. Um, had a lot of fun there. That That's great. So what about tech really interests you? Like why choose that as a first career? Good question. So, you know, a lot of people talk about the problems of being a woman in cybersecurity and tech is you don't have those examples, those voices that you look at and are like, well, like my aunt, she's an awesome coder. I want to be like her. My friend's mom is an amazing cybersecurity analyst. We, I want to be like her. We don't have those um, role models. And I think growing up in the Hasidic community, that was totally amplified, right? Like I, didn't grow up knowing any woman who worked in tech or in cybersecurity. I chose, I got into the tech field actually when I was in high school, my high school didn't have enough funds for a, our math class in 12th grade. So we were basically were able to choose any subject that we wanted. I chose uh, to self-study tech because I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was going to be easier than like it, the the other math option that I could have chosen and I was like you know let's we don't I don't have to torture myself this year like I can choose something that is going to be fun and I started and I found it like fascinating I found ideas in tech were fascinating um there's so much 
creativity. There's so much to learn. There's so much to do. And there's so many areas that you can, you know, make a difference in. So you're working in this car startup. What made you want to leave or pivot more into cybersecurity? So, well, okay. So let's start this. Let's, let's rewind a little bit. So I'm working in this car startup. Um, I got the job working in this car startup. My brother was working there and I needed something to show on my resume. Um, I, right after I got out of high school, I went to like a, I got accepted into Google CSSI program, which is like the computer science summer institute where like they taught us more about tech. And I was like, wow, like, I think I can do this. Um, I think I'm, I think, yeah, I think I can make a difference in this field. Um, so I go to like this religious, really religious seminary after this Google program and I'm back. And now I have to decide where, where do I want to go? So I text my brother. I'm like, I need a, I need another, uh, internship on my resume. So I text my brother. I'm like, you know, like, do you have any internships available? Like, I'll make you coffee. I'll do whatever you need. Just give me three weeks. And, you know, I'll be your secretary if all that matters, just so that we can have something on my resume. So he's like, you know, I can. Meanwhile, here I am, like, no experience, no tech experience. I just, again, I need something to put on my resume. So my brother's like, you know, I, if you want, we can just, like, put it on your resume without you doing it. Or if you want, you know, if you if you're really interested in in getting an internship at this company at this new startup that I'm working at, I can help you. So I end up working for that company. Um, I I started off with a three week internship and I was there for two years. Um, but my eye was always on security. Um, for me, like security is a field. Well, tech is a field where you have to keep learning. Security is a field where exponentially so you have to keep learning you know like you always have to be keeping up with the latest technology and for me i get bored very easily if i don't have something that is motivating me and um piquing my curiosity i get very bored so one of the things that really attracted me to this field was the fact that i'd always be learning um yeah i love the fact also that there wasn't a lot of women in this field and I was like, we need to, we need to bring more women in this field. And some, when you see something and you see a gap, you can either complain about it, or you can be the first one that does something to change that, and other people will follow after you. So for me, it was also kind of my way of like making a little bit of a difference. Where I saw there's this big need, um, and I'm like, this this is a cool place to make a difference. Nice. So. What did you have to do to pivot over from the tech role that you were initially in to focus more on security? How did you achieve that? So I was currently then um, in NYU in college and in COVID hit. Um, I was working full time and in NYU. And basically, I dropped out of college and I went and I took a boot camp. I took like secure. I don't know if you're familiar with it um secure set yeah okay so yeah so i went to secure set and um at the same time i like self-studied the cissp and that's it that was like my steps to pivot 
from what I was doing to get into security. So you did the secure set, like what sort of training did they give you to prepare you for your role? So honestly, I think with school and with college, and I, you've had so many guests that ex- told you their journey of how to get into to cybersecurity. Nothing really prepares you for the role until you're at the computer and you're just learning. Some of it is like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think some of it is just like a little bit of like a washing machine and like a, a it's almost like they're putting like, it, they're like, how much pressure can you withstand? So if you can't withstand boot camp or if you can't withstand college and you drop out because it's too much pressure, then you probably won't be able to handle a job in cybersecurity. But other than that, a lot of the learning is done like on the job. Okay. So what what areas of cyber that you, you studied, either your self-study or through SecureSet that you really got interested in? And how did you explore that? Interesting question. Um, so two things. Hacking has always been like really fascinating for me. Maybe we like romanticize it. Insecurity, I don't know what it is that makes it like so fascinating to me. Um, I think another aspect is like for me, I know like learning these concepts and showing that like this thing that I thought is magical is actually attainable is pretty interesting for me. It's like, you know, like here are the steps to get from A to Z, right? Like it's not, this is not like a magic that somebody just like comes in and hacks the computer. Like there's very solid steps that you take in order to do that, right? Um, And that was something that like, you know, I originally had a small taste of that in bootcamp and I'm now really exploring. I'm taking my OSCP. So it's, I don't know, that's something that I find like fascinating. Okay. So I guess for, for uh, Kyle, he's asking what sort of things that you do to continue your education. So here you're out of secure set and you're studying for your OSCP. Like what, what aspect of the OSCP got you really interested in it? Is it like finding the exploit? Is it like hunting down the threat actors? Like what, what, what got you really interested in it? For me, it's my, the thing that is most interesting to it is the fact that when I finish the OSCP, that means that, and not only the OSCP, with hacking, you really understand every single part, every single technical um, aspect of the journey. So when you get to that end goal, I will be able to understand all of security so much better, right? If you can, if you can exploit something, then you understand how to protect it. Okay, so achieving the milestone, achieving the goal is what pushing you. You see that as a an area that you want to push your career to, and that's where you want to go to. Yeah, yeah, that's one aspect of it. 
I guess the other aspect of it is to be honest, is like, I see so many different aspects of security. And I'm like, there's so many places that look really interesting to explore. Um, and I kind of want to have all the technical knowledge and the power to be able to pivot wherever I want to go. Right. So like, for me, the way that I calculated is like, okay, either I can get really into like defending, right. Mm -hmm. On like looting, but then I'm going to cut myself off from like the offensive side. Right. So if I learn the offensive side, then I can do pivot wherever I want to go. So you're looking for the growth on both sides. Um, okay. One of the, the questions and, I was trying to dig into this a little bit earlier is um, when you dropped out of school, when you, you, you finished up secure set, like what certifications did you find helped you or not help you? And more specifically, like what did you do to get a job? Okay. Really good question. So the way that I got a job um, was actually through the, my certification, the CISSP. So a lot of my classmates were doing, um, basic you know like CompTIA or like I forgot there's a bunch of like basic certifications that people have to that most people do before they get to the CISSP the way that I looked at it was the CISSP is a brain fart for everyone whether you have five years in security or whether you have 10 years in security or whether you have zero experience in security passing the CISSP is going to be a huge milestone that you're going to have to put a lot of effort in so either I can do it now and get a better job and get and like kind of cross that checkbox so I don't have to get it finished later, or I can do it in 10 years from now when I have a much more hectic life. Okay. Um, so I like, I guess I'm good at like reading material, understanding it. And like, I just woke up 5 a.m. every single morning um, and I studied pretty hard in order to pass the CISSP. This is without any experience. So once I finished the CISSP, I wrote like an article, this is how I got a job without any experience, with, this is how I, I passed the CISSP without any experience. Um, and that was that. So it comes the end of, to the end of the boot camp, and people are, we're looking for jobs. And somebody's posting on like a job forum about this job that he has. And I'm looking into the company and it looks pretty cool. I'm like, okay, can you send over the job description? So he sends over the job de description and I'm like, okay, this sounds like, like um, he sends over the job description and I'm like, I don't have any of these qualifications. Like I'm not applying for this job. I have zero qualifications. There's no way if I send in my resume that they're going to hire me. I literally just passed boot camp. you know, like I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a senior engineer in any aspect, right? Um, so in the same time, he's going and he's like doing his like stalking and he sees my article about how to pass the CISSP without any experience. And he's like, you know, the fact that you have a, the CISSP is like really interesting for us. Um, even though you're only an associate of the CISSP, which basically means you don't have enough experience to actually get the CISSP um the fact that you took it is really interesting for us um maybe you should apply like we're starting to look at candidates so you know I know if I send in my resume it's going to be an absolute no so I'm like you know 
can you do you have five minutes to chat i love to talk about the job description what it entails um and like if it's a good fit for me to apply and then after talking to him on the phone for like 45 minutes it was much easier for me to go into the next stage of interviewing and um getting the job so, so i think you answered the question that a lot of our audience was asking um so you use the CISSP by achieving the associates of CISSP to create an article and use that social branding to help yourself get a role so social exactly. engineering in the in, in in a common term basically i guess no because i mean you have a, an associates of CISSP which i think a, a lot of people don't realize this is an option because uh, a lot of people see a five-year requirement and then ISC squared at the star. If you pass it early, you could get an associates. But most people don't see that. So uh, they might not understand how you were able to achieve that. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah, well, and also here's the thing for anyone who's listening. I, I just want to reiterate it. The CISSP is a hard exam, but it's a hard exam for anyone. It's a hard studying exam. So it's something that you can do if you have no experience and it's something you can do if you have a lot of experience. Just because you have five years of experience, it doesn't mean that you're going to pass the test any way easier than somebody who doesn't have any actual experience, right? We're not, the OSCP is a hacking test where you have to have all the knowledge and you have to actually hack the machines. Over there, you need experience. The CISSP, it's a question answer test. You don't need the experience. You just need to have the knowledge. Um, and I think it's really attainable. I think it's, 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 is it hard? Of course it's hard, but I think it's attainable um, for anyone who wants it enough. Perfect. I wanted to highlight some, um, uh, some other comments from our LinkedIn audience. Um, Jerome, Jermaine Wilson says, going straight to let's talk is very smart and definitely agree. Um, using your article as a branding mechanism and um, having a let's talk conversation before applying is definitely a very smart move upon yourself. And uh, he mentioned earlier that he he thought it was interesting that you go offensive first so that you can defend. And he went the opposite. He went defensive first so that he knows how to go offensive. So um, that's one of the cool things about this industry is there's so many different ways to do it. I agree. So you um, <clears throat> you got your role, you, you had the conversation. Was that like the only company that you applied to or did you apply to other companies during this process? So my, okay, so I guess this is my social engineering way of getting a job. I had a list of 10 companies that I wanted to work for. So instead of sending my job, my resume to like a thousand different companies and just waiting for like rejection letters and playing with AI, if the AI would get my resume, et cetera, et cetera. I had a list of 10 companies that I wanted to work for. And what I did was I networked with people that were in those companies. Like I tried to find, if let's say my company was, um, I actually, I was, I was interviewing with like this big hedge, hedge fund, for example, right? So let's say that was on one of 
my that was my ninth on my list right let's say google was like my first on my list and that was my ninth on my list let's say right so i had my top 10 and i'd go through from the bottom up so from the company that i didn't want like was the bottom of my top 10 and i would network with people inside the company so i would send maybe like 25 50 invites um and let's say i'd get back like a fraction of those invites would connect with me um, so I have now I'm at, instead of 50, I'm at 10 people from that company that work in tech in that company. So I would message them saying, um, hi, I'm like a cybersecurity student. I'm looking and interested in different cybersecurity pathways. Um, do you have five minutes to talk? Um, being a professional myself, I know that when people send me like a thousand questions on LinkedIn, I'm, I just, life just gets really busy. I don't. I don't have the time to write back essays to people explaining what I did and how they can do it, but I'm more than happy to get on the phone with for five minutes with somebody and help them out. And, you know, once I would be able to, so let's say out of those 10, let's say three would say, let's say, yeah, sure. I'm happy. I'm happy to help. I'd be like, okay, you have five minutes on Friday at noon and we pick up the phone and we talk and I'd have a list of, like five questions the last question being um do you think your team is there anything would do you think your team based off of what you know about me is there anything uh would you think your team would hire me and like it was a very direct question that i first felt very uncomfortable asking but as time got on like i was more and more comfortable and i i basically lead that into like a referral for the company or um, if somebody had like some good advice, like, you know, I think you should work more on this aspect or, you know, take some time and learn another aspect. Um, and that would be really helpful feedback for myself. And I guess doing things that way to help me ensure that my resume, when I actually found the role in that company that I wanted to apply to, I had people who would be able to refer me so that my resume wouldn't just be thrown in the garbage. Thanks. Um, I, I know Jason Blanchard uses a, a, a similar approach. Did, did you learn that from him? Yeah, I learned it actually from, I listened to his um, class and I was fascinating and I learned his approach. That along with um, Scott Bauman from SecureSet, who was really helpful um, as well, coaching me. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I love giving credit where credit was due. And as soon as you said the work from the bottom up, top 10, I'm like, Jason does that. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as as soon as Jason, as soon as I watched that, um, watched that podcast, I sent it to all of my friends and my family who were looking for a job. And I'm like telling, as soon as I got a job, I'm like, Jason, it's all because of you. <laughs> and and I would encourage everyone uh, to go and watch Jason's, um, I think it was his, a podcast that he gave over, uh, explaining how he hacks. Yeah, like, he, yeah. he has a couple left on LinkedIn, but he was doing it for two years as uh, or one year as an experiment to see how many people uh, could get hired with that method. And it was over 200 people that... Uh, wrote in with success stories like yourselves. So congratulations on um, using using that approach and getting to the end. So now you're in a role. Um, what do you do to keep up? 
Good question. Um, so the first thing, not everyone has, um, not everyone, let's, let's start like this. I'm really lucky to be in a company that gives me autonomy to decide which projects that I wanna be involved in. And for me, my growth is the most important. If I grow, then the company grows with me, right? So a company can only benefit from however much I grow. So we're both very aligned on that, right? I wanna grow and the company wants me to grow very much. And because of that, I choose projects that I'm interested in and that I have a skill gap, right? I don't like doing things that are route, route to me. I like doing things, I like working on projects that are cutting edge, that I'm going to have to learn a lot and I'm going to have to speak with like senior engineers on the team um, to get up to speed. I don't like being the smartest person and the most capable person in the room. I like being like the person who has the most to learn. Um, and I guess that's how I, that's how at work I keep up. Um, and then in addition, I have my own, my own goals of, you know, how I want to get ahead. So, you know, like one, one goal I have, for example, was taking the OSCP because for me, like putting that time and investing that time in the OSCP will give me a lot of really great technical knowledge, a technical base. Um, I have another goal, which is network, networking within, um, cybersecurity and meeting other people. And like that for me is also really important to, to be able to speak with different voices in the cybersecurity space and learn from them. So I have a bunch of different goals, my own personal goals that I've created and I work really hard to achieve. Wow. Um, Jermaine mentioned that you'd be a millionaire in sales asking the uncomfortable question <laughs> rough. And Thanks I, for I, your vote of confidence. I, I responded that both your, your vulnerability um, and your growth approach definitely will make you a rock star because I think your willingness to admit that you don't want to be the smartest person but that you're always trying to grow um, won't put off anyone that, like, is ahead of you because you're like, I don't know it all, but I want to learn. Um, then they want to teach you. And I think if, if more people went in with that approach, um, they, they would be able to learn from others. Because one thing I've learned is people love to help other people. And if you're willing to take the help, they usually are willing to give the help. Yeah, you're so you're so right. Um, I think we have, like the cybersecurity industry is an incredible industry, but some problems that we have is like, this feeling of this feeling of like, oh, I'm I'm so smart. I'm in cybersecurity. I'm brilliant. I know more than anybody else. And like a little humility and a little bit openness to growth would be really helpful for the entire cybersecurity. Um, because we have so many challenges ahead of us. We have so many things that we all don't know. You know, like we're only hitting like the bottom edge of the mountain in in order for us to solve the problems together, we all have to come together as a team. And like with that vulnerability and that openness that I don't know, like, I don't know how to solve these problems. Like let's work together. Let's learn from each other. Um, wow. So um, what are some of the, the things that you do today um, 
to keep yourself going. You, you mentioned you had uh, a networking goal to meet more people. You mentioned that you had a growth goal. But what are some of the the tools or platforms or uh, things that you would advise others looking to follow in your footsteps to use to help grow themselves? Good question. So I just, I, a goal that I, uh, is something that I've been wanting to do for a while was I just created a podcast. Um, and the purpose of that podcast is to get more people interested in cybersecurity to show them that cybersecurity is for everyone. It's not just for geeks. Um, it's, it's all of our shit. It's all of our shit that we're going to have to deal with. And it's fascinating. There's a thousand different areas. If you're interested in cars, okay, come, we need you. Help us with car security. You're interested in medicine, come, help us. We need you in biotech security. This is all of our problems and we all have to work together. Um, I think if you're at the starting point where I was a year ago and you're trying to grow technically or soft skills or community, I think the first thing is like, Go out to LinkedIn and try to connect with people that are in the same space. And don't be afraid to approach people. Ask them for help. Ask them for their advice, their opinions. Follow them. Amplify their voices if you can. If if you have something to say, like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and say it. Um, something that I had a really hard time starting the podcast and even just posting content on LinkedIn is it's very hard for me to put myself out there. It's very hard for me to be vulnerable. I don't like putting myself out in the open. But I think that if we stunt our learning and are thinking about what other people think about us or what other people are gonna say about us, then we're never gonna go anywhere. And we're going to look back in 10 years from now and think, I'm such an idiot. How did I let so many opportunities go by? So if you're out there, go and ask for help. Go and find somebody that you respect. Go find a mentor and ask them how they did it. Ask them for tips to help you get to where they are now. And yeah, everyone has something to grow from. So people understand that like we're humans and we're all going towards somewhere. Um, I think people are really happy to give back if you only ask. What's the name of your podcast? You kind of just flew <laughs> and didn't share that. What's the name of your podcast for those interested? That, in I guess it's part of my like vulnerability, like hate, hating to, you know, like put things on the open. The name of my podcast is um, Security Z. Bringing, bringing security, security Z. Like, security just like, Z. Yeah. So it's like making um, cybersecurity interesting to Gen Z, but it's not okay. just Gen Z. It's like all every every age okay um, wow a, a half hour flew by already i didn't even notice that um typically the last question is i ask is if you had one piece of sage advice to share with someone following in your footsteps what would that be good question i think i'm still teaching myself this piece of advice but if anyone from the audience is able to understand and implement this piece of advice, they're going to be a rock star and a winner, which is we learn from, you can learn something from your 
failures as well as your successes. So just keep on trying. If you don't, the only way that you're not learning is if you're not trying. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> that, that hits me. Um, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Kind of like Michael Jordan said, uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. So with that, we wrap up our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for following us. Follow myself. Follow Etsy on LinkedIn. For those of you on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that notification button. For you on podcasts, follow Etsy's podcast, Security Z, as well as our podcast, Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Uh, give us both a 10-star rating or five if you can and share us with all your friends and family because like Etsy says, we need everyone uh, to kind of come in and contribute their part to cybersecurity. Thank you all and have a great day.